Praise the Lord and greetings from the Resurrected Church. We hope that you have had a blessed day today and it started out blessed and hoping that it will continue on to be a blessed day for you all. Amen. We here at the Resurrected Church, we, we try to implement something spectacular about how we should enjoy God to his fullest. You know, to enjoy his, the days that he give us, to enjoy the hour, the minute, the second that he give us to enjoy our family and to enjoy life. He has prospered us with life. If we live in today, we have been prospered for today. And we hope that your day has been very prosperous in God. Amen. Now, today's subject, we, we're going to go ahead and get in the word and we're going to, like I said before, we're going to try to break this word down and we're going to try to see what exactly or what is God talking about in search and such uh, scriptures and to see if the information in the scriptures apply to us. Each individual have to hear from God for themselves. I can speak all day long, I can speak all night long, but when God speak to you for yourself, that's when you have finally overcome. Just listen to, it's okay to hear what man has to say, because they can lead you and guide you morally on a path to God. But when God get into life, get in your life, then the situation tremendously changed because now you're hearing directly from God. And today's message, we're going to talk about how a man laid at the pool for such a long time. And on in this subject, um, the subject is rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Not only is he talking about those that may be afflicted, but he is talking also to those who call on his name, the body of Christ. In this scripture, we're going to start in the book of St. John, and we're going to start at the uh, fifth chapter in the second verse. And before that, Jesus came to this situation. He had healed a captain's son that was on the verge of death. And the scripture says in John 5 and 2 that now that is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In 
In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, wilder, waiting for the moving of the water. Several different kinds of people that had affliction was there. And it's, it's like their family brought them there, uh, people, loved ones brought them there and left them there to, when the moving of the waters would come, somebody would go in. Let's read on in the scripts. You know, it's very important to go to these people that are afflicted, that can't get around, that can't get into services and, and we go to, let's say it, put it like this. The people that is able, we go and we have church and we go to the house of God, a house of prayer, a house of worship. And we go and we tend to forget about those that are left behind. Yes, we put them in prayer, but it's a certain time that it's necessary that we be on our job and to go to those that are afflicted. That cannot get around. It don't take a whole church, all the members of one church just to go into a certain place. But it is, it is good that how Jesus sent them out two by two and he was alone while he sent them out. So it's good for us to go and to minister to those that are afflicted, but you know, not only minister the word, but do they need help in, in what they everyday life? Do they need help uh, getting around, going to the store, or their house need might need a little straightening up? What are we doing? to help those that are halt, blind, and willing. Those that are waiting on the moving of the water, those that are waiting on God. What are we doing to help them? But God got it all worked out. Now, not only if we can say that they were just waiting on the moving of the water. They were waiting on. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, out of our bellies should flow rivers of living water. So, they waiting on the moving of the water. And out of our belly, being those that call on his name, the body of Christ, shall flow living water. So this saying that they're waiting on us, or waiting on the moving of all the water that's in out of our belly, that which represents the spirit, they're waiting on the spirit to finally condemn us or convict us that we're not doing a good job. Hold it. I'm not doing a good job. 
I'm not on the job that I need to be on. And why they waiting on us, you know, and for us to go and to minister to them, to help them in any way that we could to the best of our abilities. Now, God had put some of them there to, you know, manifest himself. To manifest his power to them and us and to manifest his love for them and for us. No, John 5 and 4 read this. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had, he or she. It doesn't matter. You know, the moving of the water, the angel came down. It's like order. God sent the angel. Angel went in the water, troubled it. Man, woman, get in and was healed. And it seemed that the healing was a set time. And you had to be the first one in line, the first one to step in to get your healing. But when Jesus came on the scene, or when Jesus sent us on the scene, we can interrupt the whole process. And Jesus being something greater than just the moving of the waters he had came on the scene. In a certain man, John 5 and 5, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. He was there 38 years. 38 years time, however many times God sent the angel down to trouble the water. Just for instance, he troubled the water once a year. He missed out 38 years. 38 times. But we could doubt that it was just once a year. So if you multiply it just three or four times, he missed out several times to be the first one in there. And, and when Jesus, John 5 and 6, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that cave, he said, unto him will thou be made whole. Jesus began to answer, ask him questions. And began to learn about the man. Not he not knowing that, not saying that he didn't know the man, but saying that he began to look look into his life and to asked him questions and to get to know him personally. And he asked that question, will thou be made whole? Now, in this, Jesus possibly learned that his family had brought him there and left him. 38 years been in there and laying there at that pool. You mean to tell me, was there any man there 
that could have helped them in the pool. We learn also that at this pool, every man, every woman was for themselves. I'm going to be first because I need the healing more than what you need. And we as the body of Christ and people that believe in the name of Jesus need to come together and, and really help each other to prosper and to help our uh, to uh, help us make better judgment calls, better decisions. It seems like if you were less afflicted, you sh you should help the one that is more afflicted into the pool. Come to Jesus. That's our message. Because he will save you. He will deliver you. And he will set you free. If you need a healing. We don't got to wait for the moving of the waters no more. We can call on one great name. And we have to believe. And God will heal. Because of our faith. And, you know, that he asked these questions and it is determined that when he responded like in John 5 and 7, and it reads that the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. None of his family couldn't have been there. Or if they were there, was afflicted and they were thinking of themselves. I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another step it down before me. He was trying to get there. Just one fast enough. He wasn't strong enough to beat those that were less afflicted than what he was. But Jesus, being right there on the scene, was the difference maker. Jesus, how many of us know that Jesus is the difference maker? No matter what we do, what we say, no matter how much come out of his mouth, action have to come through a lifestyle, just like repent. If you gonna repent, do it with your lifestyle, not with your lips. A change in life is better well taken than lip service. Live right, live righteously. And God from that, People will know you have repented because it was a change in your life. Not because you said something, but because you done something. Amen. And we take notice that in 5 and 7, after he had said, no man put him in the pool after the trouble of the water. And that while he coming, some person step in before him. And Jesus said unto him, Take up your bed, take up thy bed, 
in what? Get your affliction. Get your uh, burden. Get your whatever it is. Pick it up and walk. See, that was a hindrance from me, for him. He laid there, couldn't do nothing for 38 years. Somebody fed him and gave him the water to drink. But he was not able to do the necessary thing to do because of the affliction. And in John in 5, say 5 and 9, John 5, chapter 5 and 9, verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, Jesus told him to take his bed up and walk. Jesus said, basically, I'm healing you. And as the body of Christ, we can take it as this. I'm giving you the ability to push past depression, anxiety, and any other mental state. I'm giving you the ability, I'm healing you from the wounds that were created back before you had repented. And Paul, Brother Paul said that he had a thorn in his flesh. But Jesus came back and told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, he given us the ability. He healed us. And he get the man, after being healed, he told it his bed. He told it the place of his affliction. What he done with it, I don't know. But when we get delivered and push past the thing that's hindering us, we can move on forward and walk. We got to rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. We got to get up out of our own selves and what we think should be done and what another person might whisper in our ear that we need to do. But we need to listen to the commandment that God gave. Rise up, take up, and walk. Get up. Once you get up, understand you've been healed from whatever that's been hindering you, that have distracted you. Now move forward. Keep your eyes on God. You hear many times, keep your eyes on the prize. Press toward the mark of a high calling of God, which is only in Christ Jesus. And today we, we hope that what we're talking about today is 
but saturate in in your mind and and that you understand that we and that is necessary for us to ride full rise and move forward after being healed, delivered or whatever or set free. It is very necessary that we continue to keep our eye on him that delivered us. I can't deliver you. I can lead you to the to the wall. Many times you hear people thinking you can lead people to the wall, but you can't make them drink. So church today, we ask that you rise up and walk. I hope this word do the necessary thing that it needs to do in your life. I pray that it does, that you might be able to push forward to rise, get whatever you need to get and push forward. Because God has delivered you from the torment that have distracted you from getting your blessing, from even getting your healing, whatever it may be. I pray that God do that through God, you do his will. The will of the Lord be done in your life. Amen and thank you for tuning in.